Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.04 and cold outside once again this morning. 20 degrees, downtown Boise. Stock market up yesterday. Stock market futures up again this morning. All right. What's going on? They're, well, they're, set, they're uh, setting us up. Setting us up for a big fall, as always. I pretty much guarantee that's going to happen here. I just I don't mean, know well, when it's going to happen. First a big winter and then a big fall You know, next year. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we're underway on a Tuesday morning. You have to give it to me, Chris. Mm-hmm. You have to give it to me. Oh, about uh, Monday Night Football? Yeah, I told you an 8-0 team That's was going to get beat do, by the Washington Commanders last I, night. I do have to give that to you. You predicted that uh, the Commanders would beat the 8-0 and Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, now are the 8-1 and Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I wasn't even wishy-washy about and it. I, I go, watch, you're going you're gonna to see Washington beat the Commanders, I didn't take the Eagles and tonight. I, and I didn't technically... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a long-time Redskins, etc. fan, and I did not uh, predict that they would win... But I said that would be just like Washington to play like mediocre all season and then like knock off somebody who's uh, undefeated and then I'll get all excited and they'll lose the next six games in a row. <laughs> well, that still could possibly happen. However, yeah. I just, I mean, quite frankly, I just didn't think the Eagles um, are as good as their eight no record because they haven't played um, have they, many good teams. Well, have they played in their own division? Everybody's at they least five hundred in they that beat division. They beat Dallas, now. but they beat yeah. Dallas with Cooper Cup. Which isn't like beating Dallas with Cooper. Dak Prescott or uh, Cooper? What's his name? Cooper Rush, right? Uh, which isn't the same as beating him with Dak with Prescott. Dak right. Prescott. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, they're they're still a good team. I just don't think they're I as. Say, hey, it's Kellen's offense. The quarterbacks are interchangeable. <laughs> good as their uh, ratings might yeah. might possibly be. Um, also uh, today, two stories that we are looking at that are just absolutely crazy nuts. Let's start with the University of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Idaho, latest update on the uh, deaths, the homicides, uh, the Moscow University students. We don't have much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they, although they've given the, you know, the, the names and, and everything of the students, and they were all 20 or 21, three girls and, and one guy, uh, even though they've given all their names and everything, they still haven't actually released, if I'm not mistaken, the cause of death. Nope. Even though it was homicide, they haven't said how. The other thing they have not uh, said anything about is who might possibly have yeah. caused the uh, homicide, how do we see which they're, is they're, crazy. They're playing it close to the vest right now. The reason I say it's crazy is because they say that they said everybody's there is... Out. Yeah, they said there's no more danger. And they go, well, yeah. if you don't have a suspect, how is there no more danger? That's exactly my point. So what's going on here that there is no more danger, yeah. that apparently the person who may have committed the homicide is not on the loose? Well, and, and somebody kept writing us uh, yesterday saying that uh, they had sources in Moscow, and those sources were saying that they were overdose deaths. Uh, you know, we ne- we never got that confirmed, and of course the police hasn't said, but an overdose death doesn't sound like a homicide unless somebody purposely poisoned everyone. Right. Um, and, I mean, homicide isn't necessarily murder. I mean, you have different well, I mean, somebody, levels of... I mean, well, homicide is somebody else killed you, or it was, it was unnatural death. 
but it and it, it wasn't an accident. It may not been. It could have been an accident. Well, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, homicide falls under okay, that. Yeah. That it can be an accident. Technically, manslaughter is an accident. Right. Exactly. So, um, th- th- there just is no information coming out. I do want to mention the names of the students who were released late yesterday. Uh, Madison the Logan. Names. Yeah. Uh, of Coeur d'Alene, Kaylee uh, Goncalves, uh, 21 years old, of Rathburn, Zaina Kernadel, 20, of Post Falls, and Ethan Chapin, 20, of Mount Vernon, Washington. Those were the four students who uh, have been killed. Yeah. Um, some way, shape, and form. Uh, investigation is ongoing. University of Idaho campus was closed, uh, was open yesterday, but uh, there were no classes that were held. Uh, classes will continue beginning today. Mm-hmm. The other story. Story out of Fruitland in the search for the uh, five-year-old boy who disappeared in uh, July last year continues to just be absolutely crazy. Now, they were digging up the backyard of uh, Sarah Wandra and Stacy Wandra's home in Fruitland. They stopped the search yesterday. I saw it. About 5 o'clock, they will continue again today. They've basically, so far, dug up the uh, backyard and have put the uh, dirt and all that in in dumpsters. They're not saying if anything was found at all as of yet, but they did make an arrest yesterday. This is where the crazy part comes in. They arrested Sarah Wandra, 35 years old. And they charged her with not reporting a death. And the only way I guess you can be charged with not reporting a death is, number one, if there was a death, and number two, if the police are sure that you knew about it. That's the crazy part right there. So once again, not a lot of information coming out, but she has been charged with not reporting a death, where as far as the public is concerned and is known right now, we don't necessarily know if there actually was a death. Has a body been found? Now... The crazy part of this is that the reason that she said she knows that there was a death, and she said she definitely did not kill the boy, she said the Most High God already told me who did it. The Most High God? Yes. She said her husband Stacy was the one who killed him and buried him in the yard of a neighbor's house. Oh, boy. When asked later to show police where the boy was buried, according to the affidavit, she told police of a spot near the entry of a residence and said Stacy had buried him in the backyard by the shed. Okay, that's uh, that's actually quite a bit of information compared to what we had yesterday. Mm-hmm. God just told me that Stacy was the one who did it, adding that oh. she knew the body was in the neighbor's yard okay, because I, that's where Stacy told me. I forgot that uh, who she was saying the source was. Yeah, uh, the source wasn't, according Stacey. to her, Stacy. the source was God. God. Which I, you know, I... I'm not going to poo-poo because uh, maybe maybe that's true. I don't I don't know one way or the other. So here's the crazy part. All right. Once again, I, if this wasn't all crazy enough, yeah. here's the next crazy part. Here's the next crazy part. Uh, Sarah Wandra, as we mentioned, has been arrested, mm-hmm. charged with not reporting a death. She uh, has five hundred dollar or five hundred thousand dollar bond. Um, no word yet on if she has bonded out as of yet. Her husband Stacy has not been arrested and is is free and out and about. So perhaps the police don't think it was him. Or maybe police don't believe God. I don't know. Well, they don't believe God as translated through 
uh, her. Just two absolutely crazy stories going mm-hmm. on here in Idaho this morning. Yeah. Um, no argument there. Cruz uh, reported J.D. Huff, police chief of the Fruitland Police Department, um, yesterday they had called off the search at about 5 o'clock and starting to get dark and whatnot and said that they will be back again uh, this morning to uh, continue the search of the uh, lawn. They are asking people to stay away from the location. I'm sure you got a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of looky loose and things like that. So they're asking police are asking people to stay away while they uh, continue their search. We will continue to update you on all the uh, latest coming up here as soon as we get it throughout the morning and throughout the afternoon. If you want to weigh in on it, 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. It is uh, Bronco Tuesday today. We'll be talking about uh, other Olympic sports at Boise State University. Bob Beeler will be with us once again. Um, the uh, NCAA championships for track and field is going to be going, going on. Boise State has a couple of uh, members of their team who has made it in. That's who we're going to be talking to a little bit later uh, coming up here for you this morning. Also on the way, we still have a $50 gift certificate for those of you who missed out yesterday. And matter of fact, we're doing this all week long. Blaze Pizza, any one of the locations of Blaze Pizza, we'll be giving those away uh, with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. That's another reason. Uh, it's uh, good to have that phone number on handy, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, pound 670. It is uh, 614. Let's get our uh, first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Every Tuesday after a Boise State win, you get the Bronco. The Blue Bronco is half price. Normally, uh, it's around 12 bucks. so today you get it around 6 bucks. Team that up with uh, soup. You got a really, really good meal for under 10 bucks. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli in East Boise, off Gallon Road, or in, Boise, or in Meridian, rather, off Wells Avenue. The Philadelphia Eagles were the last unbeaten team in the NFL, but they had a tough time last night with the Washington Commanders. McLaurin Samuel to the right. Dotson comes in motion. Handoff Gibson right up the middle. Dies for the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! A one-yard run by Antonio Gibson. That Gibson one-yard touchdown run helped the Commanders tie up the game at seven apiece. But, of course, the Eagles have a lot of offense. It took a little bit more from the Commanders to get it done, including a little trickery at the end of the game. Snap to Hurts. Washington breaks three. He steps up. Throws underneath, caught by Watkins, thrown to Smith. He's trying to throw it backwards. He's hit by Cam Curl. That is picked up by Casey Tuhill in the end zone. It's a defensive touchdown to end the game. An exclamation point to end an undefeated season of the Eagles. And that was the call on WBIG as Casey Toolhill recovered the ball for that touchdown as time expired. And it gave the Commanders a 32-21 win over the previously undefeated Eagles. Commanders beat the Eagles 32-21. to And yes, the Eagles, the last of the undefeated teams in the NFL. Once again, the 72 Dolphins can hoist up the champagne. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Despite those midterm losses, multiple criminal investigations and civil lawsuits, Trump's advisors say that he will go forward and announce 
his third presidential campaign tonight at Mar-a-Lago. This comes as his former vice president, Mike Pence, is finally speaking out about what happened on January 6th. There you go. We'll know for sure coming up tonight, 7 o'clock Mountain Time is when he is expected to uh, make that uh, announcement that he will be running for president two long years from now. I had hoped we were going to have a little bit of time where we don't talk about elections, but mm-hmm. it looks like that that's not going to uh, happen based on well, basically, if entering he, the race early. If he announces it, then he's running starting today. Yeah, yeah. So starting tonight at 7 o'clock. That's the expectation as of right now, uh, it'll be interesting just to hear the speech in his announcement if he continues um, with what he's been doing over the last month or so, even though he has nobody running for president on the Republican side officially announcing as of yet. Um, but man, he must think that uh, DeSantis is because he uh, continues to slam DeSantis. Trump calling DeSantis an average governor with great PR, claiming DeSantis came to him in desperate shape back in 2017 with low approval, bad polls, and no money. Sources close to former President Trump called his attacks on DeSantis a miscalculation and described Trump as, quote, unhinged in the wake of Tuesday night's election results. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. I don't, I don't call it. I don't, I don't see this helping anyone. Just a mistake. I call it dumb. Uh, attacking somebody as popular as DeSantis is right now, who hasn't even announced that he's running for anything, who yeah. just got elected um, by one of the biggest margins a Republican has ever been elected in the state as governor, um, just seems dumb to me. See, what you should say is, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a fine governor, and he would make a fine president almost as good as I would again. There so. you go. You know, vote for me, and and then if something happens to me, vote for him. Yeah. That way you don't disparage, well, your party, for one thing. That, that's just it. Now now you're splintering your party already two years uh, ahead of the election. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we still have some emails came in uh, towards the end of the show we didn't get to yesterday um, because we asked the question, and like I said, there's no right or wrong answer here. What do you think? was the reason that the Republicans didn't do as well as some people thought that they were going to do. Um, Latest update, by the way, 215 to 204 in the House. It is predicted as of right now, according to the math, that Republicans will have a slight majority in the House. They've already lost the Senate. Um, Well, we got the majority part right. Yes. Just Um, not the word slight. (laughs) Um, What what your thoughts are, if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Coming up this Friday, Chris and myself headed to our final hometown breakfasts before Black Friday, before the beginning of Idaho's largest toy drive, the 12 Days of Christmas. I bring that up because uh, we're going to be at Bob's Restaurant and Lounge in Nampa next to the Shiloh Inn off Franklin Exit, and Bob's is a huge proud sponsor of Idaho's largest toy drive. Hometown Breakfast, of course, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Uh, you'll be able to stop on by for uh, some great food, biscuits and gravy, omelets, just a uh, huge menu to choose from. And uh, more importantly, um, if you want to bring out a toy, we will be accepting toys, as this will be the final Friday before the beginning of Idaho's largest mm-hmm. toy drive. 
Brought to you by Idaho Central Credit Union, TDS Fiverr, and Scandinavia Designs. Once again, that starts next Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Goes through Tuesday, December 6th at Sportsman's Warehouse on Fairview and Meridian. It's the 12 days of Christmas and Idaho's largest toy drive. Awesome. Thinking to myself, well, this will be our last breakfast until spring. And then suddenly it occurred to me, hey, we can eat breakfast every day if we want. If we want. Yeah. And a lot of times in the past, breakfast has uh, been brought to us while we're broadcasting live from the Idaho's largest toy drive. Mm-hmm. Also, a special thanks to Franz Witte, Biscuit and Hogs, Utility Trailer, Tate's Rents. Those are just some of the people that are helped making this possible. And we're hoping once again to make this the not just the Idaho's largest toy drive this year, but the uh, largest toy drive that we have ever done. Hoping to, to raise cash, go $100,000. That's a, a lot over our 30-some thousand dollars in cash that we raised last year, uh, in addition to semi-loads full of toys. So once again, make your plans to take part. If you would like a box so that you can start gathering your toys, you have a business, uh, maybe you have a church, just a big family. You can get your toy box, just uh, email Nate at KBOI.com, and he will make sure that it's taken care of for you. Once again, Nate at KBOI.com. Such a sport. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is 642. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Wow. Something must have happened because the Dow just jumped again, 367 points to the good. We're almost, we're, we're, yeah, uh, we're almost 34,000. 74 points, 72 points away from 34,000 this morning. We'll find out from Jeremiah Bates what's been going on uh, here all morning. this morning. Whenever we're not on, we can sit here all morning and go 35, 35, <laughs> 35. Um, yesterday, we'd asked the question uh, why did you think that Republicans didn't do as well in the midterm elections as was expected, and also as well as uh, history? Also, you can look at history and also did not do as well in the midterm of the uh, first president's um, term in office. Yeah. Usually you see a pretty big swing in the House and the Senate when the uh, president is a Democrat. Is a you Dem- see a, a swing for Republicans, yeah. And vice versa. And that didn't happen this time. It wasn't huge, no. No. Um, it's looking right now that it's uh, 215 to 204 as of this morning. Latest update was still numbers to be counted in uh, California. And again, and again, 218 is the majority in the House. Yeah. So three more to get there. Um, they are predicting that it will happen. Um Gary writes in uh, from Emmett, says, Hello, Chris and Mike. To answer your question about why Republicans for- performed the way they did, the election in the election, look around Boise. Republican exodus from blue states like California has gerrymandered the vote. Republicans are moving out of blue states and concentrating their votes in super majorities in red states and districts. There we go. Interesting. So they're, they're leaving places where they could probably make a difference and going to places where they can just fit make, in. Yeah, they, okay. do, they don't make a difference. Eh, anyway, uh, well, they do. It's just, you know, they just add to something already going on. Yeah. John had written in to say, Red Wave Fizzle, my thoughts are it was advertised too much and motivated the liberal base. If Republicans would have gone on their way without predictions and kept the pollsters quiet or even advertised the opposite, the surprise might have materialized. So I guess he said, yeah, every time they talked about a red wave, Democrats were determined to go vote. Maybe they were. I wonder, did that make, 
I don't know if anybody would admit it anyway. I, does that make a difference to you? If you hear, oh, it's a red wave, they don't need my vote. If you're a Republican, do you stay no. home when you hear that? No. I, I, I just vote every time. So yeah, it's, I you know, I, I, not I, a big deal. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems ridiculous to me if that, you know, is the case. But heck, heck I don't know. I don't know everybody. I just know it makes no difference if somebody, oh, it's going to be a red wave. And it's like, oh, I don't have to vote then. I, that, I, that doesn't sound no, right, it's, but I, it's, I could be right. It's fun to join in when everything's going your way. Yeah. 208-336-3700-670 <laughs> on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, once again, this is something we talked about close to the end of the show yesterday. Still had phone calls and emails coming in. So wanted to get to some of those. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts, you can this morning. Right now, it is 645. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Uh, great news for you today. Bronco win means the uh, Blue Bronco half price at... Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get into either location. Take advantage of that half-price deal today and after every win that Boise State has on Tuesdays. Good morning. Wyoming's defense will be one of the tougher units that Boise State has faced all season. Bob Beeler with more on that for us today. In all but one conference game this season, Wyoming has held the opposition to 20 points or less. They're 5-1 and one and second in the division behind the Broncos. They have 31 sacks as a defense and 59 tackles for loss. Coach Avalos spoke about what he sees from the Cowboys' D. These guys are disciplined. They're tough. They're physical. Very, very consistent with what they do in terms of their scheme because of their fundamentals and the techniques they play with. Um, You don't see a lot of explosive plays. They've done a really, really good job uh, limiting opponents, especially within conference. So it is going to be a huge challenge. We are going to have to be very efficient with our operation on offense. Boise State can wrap up the Mountain Division with the win over Wyoming on Saturday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Pre-game on Saturday will start up at noon with Richie Brockle and I bringing you Bronco game day. Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender will take things over at 4 o'clock and then kick off, as he said, at 5 o'clock at Wyoming with a chance to clinch the division crown. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Don't forget, uh, coming up this coming Friday, we have another KBOI sweet deal. As a matter of fact, we have two sweet deals for you this week to take advantage of. Uh, one of them is a Costa Vita sweet deal where you get a $50 gift certificate for only $25. The other, Blaze Pizza, double shot. So here's what you do on Friday morning at 9 o'clock. Sign in to KBOI.com. Click on the sweet deals link. Pick your favorite first. If you want to go for both of them, you can. However, both of these sell up very quickly. So pick your favorite first, then go for the second one, Costa Vita or Blaze Pizza. Now, if you want to get a Blaze Pizza gift certificate absolutely free, You've come to the right place. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question this morning, is going to pay off with a $50 gift certificate to any one of the Blaze Pizzas in the Treasure Valley. Delicious pizza from Blaze Pizza. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with the Global Network who is here to help you no matter what. If you're selling, if you're buying, don't think you can uh, afford or get into a house with interest rates, you might be surprised. Call today at 208 888-4128. Our question today, uh, hippos' skins naturally secrete a red fluid, a weird red fluid. It works as an antibacterial and a skin moisturizer. It also helps to protect hippos against this. 
What is it that it helps to protect hippos against? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll give you a chance to answer and win at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Taking a break. News coming up here next. Um, stock market up 374 points on the Dow. Right? And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, um, we've seen a lot of news reports over the last couple of weeks uh, talking about another seasonal bug that's making an appearance here in Idaho. We're hearing about it a lot here, even throughout the Treasure Valley. That's RSV. What should we know about this virus? Yeah, RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus, which, as the name suggests, causes a respiratory illness. And it can be an upper respiratory illness, think sort of nose and throat, or it can be a lower respiratory illness, uh, potentially more serious. And we most often see this in young children, and it can actually lead to hospitalization. However, adults, particularly older adults, can be symptomatic from RSV as well. Now, do we know why some areas are now seeing an uptick in uh, RSV cases? Well, you know, much of the hygienic practices, if you will, that were more common during the pandemic, things like masking and social distancing, even though, you know, many, many people did not necessarily enjoy those, certainly, you know, in Idaho, they're very effective at mitigating the transmission of viruses. And so we, we're just not seeing as much masking or social distancing as we were one year, two years ago. And with that, we're just seeing a lot more contamination with all kinds of infectious diseases, and RSV is typically one that we see this time of year. So what should parents uh, do if they think their children might have uh, contracted RSV? Well, first of all, there's no proven treatment per se. There's, there's no cure. Um, RSV care really focuses on the severity of symptoms. In severe cases, particularly those that are complicated by lower respiratory involvement involving the lungs so you can get difficulty breathing, patients may actually need to be hospitalized. So if children are having a hard time breathing, you feel like they're breathing quickly or you see their chest moving or their, their nares, their nose kind of flaring, it's important that they, get, that they get treatment. Most children, however, are able to rest and recover at home without requiring medical intervention. But if in doubt, certainly please contact your, your, your regular physician. Moving to a completely different topic, there are those among us who are always on the lookout for better ways of exercising, especially to build muscle definition, and science says there may be a better way to achieve that goal? Yeah, that's right. I mean, traditionally, many of us, you know, have lifted weights. You think about going to the gym, using things like barbells or dumbbells in the gym to build muscle. So we think about, for example, doing curls, so flexing our elbow, bringing our elbow up to our chest, for example, to build a bigger bicep. However, there's some new research which is actually shedding light into better ways of building strength and definition. So uh, what you're saying here is I don't have to stick with my 100 dumbbell curls a day routine to uh, keep my guns in peak condition? Yeah, baby. Uh, well, not exactly. We're going to do them a little differently. So university researchers, and this is actually multiple countries, so the United States, Japan, and Brazil, recently released a study which demonstrated that rather than lifting weights sort of in our curl, it's the actual lowering of the weight. So it's not just the curling itself, it's that lowering of the weight or what we call eccentric movement that is actually most effective at increasing muscle strength and tone. 
So if you want to keep those guns going, really the recommendation <laughs> would be potentially to use both arms to raise or to lift and then one arm to sort of lower it. And really we see that measure, measurement and observation of test subjects show that weightlifters using this approach can actually cut their weight routines in half and still see the same results. Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thanks so much. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, That's our toll-free number from wherever you might be listening. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Towards the end of our show yesterday, uh, talking about... Um, why you thought Republicans did not do as well in the midterm elections as was expected, and also uh, as well as based on history also. As of right now, is it is expected that it looks like Republicans will get 218 of the votes, which is the bare minimum in the House they need for a majority. Right now it's 215 to 204 with races still to be decided, mm-hmm. votes still to be counted in California. But as of right now, and NBC, uh, I noticed last night, was projecting that the uh, House would flip. Yeah, and that the, that the Republicans would have 218, 219, 220. They don't know the exact number yet, but they think they'll hit at least 218. One Day Elections writes in. I'm not sure if that's his real name, but here it is. Probably not. Too screwy and unnecessary gerrymandering. Early voting, ballot harvesting, security camera failures. Tabulators kicking out ballots rather than counting them in heavily Republican districts. Slow counting. Poll workers sending voters home. Boxes of ballots discovered. Rank choice voting. You tell me why Republicans didn't do as well as expected. I don't have a clue. Okay. Thanks for writing in. You have a long list of things, though. (laughs) Uh, Denny in Nampa says a couple of observations. Uh, One, the Democrats appear to play a good game of chess while Republicans stumble at checkers. Two, I don't quite follow why the Democrats are so upset with SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, as from what's being said, it looks like SCOTUS handed the election to them by leaking the Roe v. Wade repeal. Uh, okay, well, they didn't just leak it, they they uh, repealed it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the leak was one thing, but they, yeah. they ended up repealing it after all. Uh, and uh, I no, I don't think Democrats are happy they did that so they could win an election. Uh, and three, financing weaker Republican candidates was smart politics. Four, way too much speculation on a red wave, like I've said before. Two ears, one mouth. John and Meridian writes, so what I think the Republicans did wrong, and they always do this, is they keep talking about how there's a big red wave coming. Why can't they just be quiet and let the silent majority do the talking at the ballot box? Every time they do that just motivates the opposition and I think, Mike, you are right. Trump should not be slamming DeSantis. He continues to do the most childish crap. Can I say crap? No, you can't say crap, John. But thanks for the email anyway. But if you write it down, I think Mike can read it. Uh, John says election results from the Seattle area. In reviewing the local results from the loony left coast, I was surprised to see many Republican preferred elected in the lower political positions. Many of the folks out here are blaming the crime, inflation, social unrest, homelessness, on Democrat policies. Bottom line, they aren't working, and they don't work. If you're a Democrat pushing the Biden agenda, your days are numbered here, too, in Seattle, believe it or not. Well, writes, um, 
and yesterday I said there are no right or wrong answers. Just wanted to get your thoughts as a voter. Said there are wrong answers to your question yesterday about what was the cause of Republicans not doing well as expected in the midterm elections. Calls and messages yesterday morning proved that. Didn't Trump say he loves an uneducated voter? That statement gets truer and truer every day. Do your own research. Find the answers to your questions. Look for candidates. Support your values, not the ones who tell you what values you should. That was a weird thing to say, that he loves an uneducated voter. Just, you know, I, I love a person who votes for me, I think, is, and it, you know, educated or not, right? Yeah. Uh, Jan says, asking people to vote, that's essentially why Republicans lost? Let's see, and we've we both said the same thing. as like, that seems ridiculous to me. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports today. Big day if you like uh, Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Big day if you've never been there. Number one rated deli in the uh, state of Idaho. Get in today at either location and find out. And don't forget, today and every Tuesday after a Bronco win uh, during the football season, you get the Blue Bronco for half price. So take advantage of that today. Tuesdays only, after a win, get in today at either location, and your Blue Bronco is half price. Good morning. A former University of Virginia football player is suspected of killing three football players and wounding two other students on campus late Sunday night, is now in custody after a manhunt in Charlottesville, Virginia. During a news conference yesterday, University of Virginia President Jim Ryan said three Cavaliers football players were shot and killed. Junior receiver Lavelle Davis Jr., junior receiver Devin Chandler of uh, North Carolina, and a junior defensive end and linebacker Deshaun Perry of Miami. Authorities said the suspect in that shooting, identified as Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., was apprehended without incident just before 11 a.m. yesterday in Virginia. University of Virginia police say that Jones had been arrested and charged with three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. Jones was listed as a freshman running back on the team's 2018 roster, and his roster bio noted that he previously played at Petersburg High School and Verena High School in Virginia. Now, the two other students who were shot and hospitalized One was in good condition, the other is in critical condition, but those students have not yet been identified. In a statement, the Virginia football coach, Tony Elliott, said his team is experiencing devastation and heartache. The men's basketball matchup yesterday between Northern Iowa and Virginia was canceled, as were classes and other academic activities scheduled for today as well. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates uh, with us this morning. We saw a big jump in the uh, futures on the uh, Dow. Across the board, as a matter of fact, a little bit earlier this morning, uh, Dow at one point up almost 400 points in the futures. Right now at about 300 points, the NASDAQ is up. 300 points and this is all on news that uh, broke uh, late last night that amazon possibly now set to lay off 10,000 workers so is this another one of those things where bad news is good news thinking that maybe inflation because they're, they're trying to get the job market under control and with so many companies now saying the layoffs 
are coming. Is is this considered good news by the stock market now? Yeah, uh, it's a piece of the pie. It's a piece of the news that we got this morning. I mean, what really caused the jump in the futures market is the another inflation data point that we received, the producer price index, which again, it's a measure of wholesale inflation, unlike the consumer price index, which reflects what consumers actually pay. So you're getting it at the wholesale level and that number came in lower than anticipated. So the kind of theory is, well, you know, if it, if these price higher prices are going to be passed on to the consumer, if it's lower on the wholesale level, it's just another data point that inflation is starting to decelerate and that's obviously been top of mind of investors because that also really dictates what the Federal Reserve is likely to do. To kind of touch on the point of the uh employment numbers that we're seeing, you're seeing a lot of Particularly in the technology space, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Meta, the parent company of Facebook, laying off 13% of their workforce. True, it's it, it's a headline item. However, if you look at the overall economic labor picture, the technology sector makes up a very, very, very small percentage of it. So even though it's um it's making headlines, it's not really indicative of of the underlying uh, job market. It's still relatively strong looking at the overall numbers because it's mainly service based, right? Now we could see that that tide turn as time goes on, but obviously the hope is that the Federal Reserve will, even if they do take a more restrictive stance, which is what they're clearly doing, the hope is that that doesn't translate into high unemployment. And that was really the speculation and the term, can the Federal Reserve do a soft landing where they lower inflation, uh, make dollars a little bit more expensive to get, meaning less dollars flowing around, but it doesn't result in mass unemployment. And we're, as of right now, we're kind of on that path. Now, whether that'll stick, who knows? We still have plenty of more data to come through. We still have a long ways to go to get to that uh, Federal Reserve target of inflation. But what we're looking at this morning, obviously another good data point showing that inflation is decelerating. We also got some surprise positive earnings reports out of Walmart and Home Depot. That's certainly surprised the upside, which shows the consumer is still relatively strong. And if generally these retail stores, these retail companies are doing positive on earnings, kind of bodes well for the underlying economic picture. So All right. markets are uh, happy thus far today, and the rally looks to continue. All right. We'll see how things shake out here as it opens up here in about uh, five minutes. We'll get an update from you in an hour. Talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. You hear that? What? There's music playing. The Earth just passed eight billion humans. First time ever, eight billion humans are now on Earth as of today. Wow! I don't know if there's anybody specifically counting, but the estimate is today that Earth will hit eight billion people. By the way, um, the time it just took me to say that sentence. Twenty more people were added to Earth in just the time that uh, I don't. I don't feel that different from, you know, when we only had like seven point nine billion. Well, that's because we live in a good place in the uh, Earth, and we're not hurting for food or anything like that. Yeah, um, eight billion people today, November fifteenth. Experts predict is when we will hit that number for the first time ever. The crazy part about this is um, I was looking at this fifty years ago. 1972, you know what the population of Earth was? Take a guess. 
1972? 1950 years ago today. Uh, $4 billion. $3.6 billion. Okay. So what I was going to... I was going to say about half or less than half, yeah. Yeah, we've over doubled in 50 years. Projections are, the United mm-hmm. Nations estimates that I'd, are... I'd apologize, but I'm not the one in this conversation who had seven kids. <laughs> the United Nations estimate that our planet will be home to 9.7 billion people by 2050. Wow. Now, if we double or more than double over the next 50 years... You're looking at 16 billion people on Earth in 50 years from now. Can Earth sustain yep. 16 billion people? We need to sell off some public lands just so we can start some new cities. You have people right now <laughs> that are saying that the Earth has trouble sustaining 8 billion people. Yeah. Now, there are countries that have no problem. I mentioned the United States. We don't have... You know, it, it's not equitable and on some places, you know, have trouble feeding the people that are living there. Third world countries, Africa, some areas of Africa. But think about some of those are the most populated, you know, areas of the world. Mm-hmm. What's going to have to happen in the next 50 years if we do see 16 billion, even if, even if we only go up, say, 12, to 12 billion, say we only go up another 4 billion, that's about how many we've added in the last 50 years, 12 billion. All right. Hard to say. However, you have to think it, especially in 50 years, if we're at 16 billion, maybe the problem takes care of itself. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I guess so. Yeah. We may run out of natural resources at some point. Well, the good news is it's a big big planet. 50 years from now, um, there'll be lots of electric cars. We won't need gas any longer. So that's That's, that's good news. That's fantastic. KBY News Time is uh, 744. Time for our final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. You want to get in today? Why? Because after every win, on Tuesday after every Boise State football win, the Blue Bronco is half price, so you can get that for around 6 bucks today at uh, either one of the locations of Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. More football for you as Boise State football is traveling to Wyoming, looking for a win and a chance to wrap up the Mountain Division. To beat the Cowboys, the Broncos' run defense that has allowed just 107 yards a game will be tested. Wyoming averages 189 per game rushing. Titus Swen is their leading ball carrier, and Coach Avalos is impressed with Wyoming's offense. Yeah, every year, every year you, you face them. They got a physical front, their O line, their tight ends. Um, they got running backs every single year that have that speed, will hit the line of scrimmage hard, um, and that they're capable of catching the ball out of the backfield as well. The backfield for Wyoming is typically, you know, a lot of their offense goes through the tailback position. Four players, including quarterback Andrew Peasley, have rushed for more than 300 yards this season. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Pre-game on Saturday will kick off for you at 12 o'clock. Richie Brockle and I will bring you Bronco game day. The tailgate show will keep things rolling at 2 o'clock. And then Bob and Pete will handle things starting at 4 o'clock with the kickoff scheduled at 5 from Laramie, Wyoming, where it's sure to be cold and maybe you see snow. You never know. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Today is day three of the total excavation happening in the backyard of a Fruitland home. Michael went missing from his neighborhood in Fruitland in July of 2021. He was just five years old at the time. News Channel 7 investigative reporter Alexandra Duggan has been following the developments through the weekend. She joins us now with the latest. Alex? Doug, the newest information I just received from Fruitland Police Chief J.D. Huff is that the house that they're excavating behind me was currently occupied at the time of Michael's disappearance. Huff said the people who live there do not own the home and there is no connection to the Vaughn family as he is aware right now. And we're still waiting for confirmation by law enforcement with more information about the people who live in the home. And we've been out here for three days now, morning and night, as crews continue to excavate the backyard looking for Michael Monkey Vaughn's remains. This is just one of the stories going on right now in Idaho that uh, have people baffled because of the information coming out. Police arrested a woman suspected to be involved in the disappearance of the Fruitland boy, charged her with failure to report a death. Sarah Wander, yeah. 35 so of Fruitland, was arrested after I've, police I think served the, a search warrant at her uh, residence. I think uh, somebody either... Uh, told on her for admitting that he was dead or, you know, told the story or whatever. And, of course, she never told the police about it, so they, they've charged her with that, probably because they don't have a body yet. So, I mean, once they get a body, they can determine cause of death. Well, it's, and that's the confusing part. They don't have a body. They don't know that Michael is dead, yet she has been charged with failure, failure to report a death. Right. All right, there, there's a confusing part. It's like, well, wait a minute. She's been charged with failure to report a death. It sounds like she's been charged with... We don't know of a body right. yet? It's, been, it's failure to report what we're pretty sure might have been a death. Police haven't said publicly what that evidence is that they're looking for, but they have brought in cadaver dogs to search the yard. Um, they called off the search as of uh, Monday night, about 5 o'clock, and uh, will continue searching today. Sarah Wandra was arraigned yesterday afternoon. She told Judge Brian Lee she understood the allegations made against her but maintained that they are not correct. When Lee informed her of her rights, Wandra said, I, didn't, I don't have any reason to be silent, but I didn't do anything wrong. I'm sure her lawyer was probably saying, shut up. You do have yeah. a reason to be silent. Don't say anything, <laughs> no matter what as what most lawyers will tell you, mm-hmm. Wander was charged with felony failure to report a death rather than a misdemeanor charge. The felony charge is triggered when a person's failure to report is based on their intent to conceal the manner of the death okay. according to Idaho law. Okay, intent to conceal a death sounds like a better charge than failure to report. Right. Failure to, to report could be, well, yeah, I knew he was dead. I just thought somebody else called. Now, according to court documents, police forced entry into Wander's home around 9.30 uh, p.m. Friday evening. That's where they found Sarah Wander in the uh, living room. She was detained and read a copy of the search warrant. When it got to the portion uh, that read murder, she said, did you just say murder multiple times, according to the affidavit? She reportedly told police, oh, wow, wow, this is a quote, most high God just told me that her husband Stacy was the one who killed him and buried him in the yard of a neighbor's house. When asked later to show police where the boy was buried, according to the affidavit, she told police of a spot near the entry of her residence and said Stacy, Stacy, by the way, is her husband, had buried him in the backyard by the shed. But once again... So after three days of digging, they haven't found anything yet. We don't know that. Well, yeah, it's true. We don't know that. They They haven't released the... They haven't released anything. 
They have uh, taken off layers of dirt that has been put in uh, containers that will be sifted through, but we don't know anything as of yet. Sarah Wanderer was arrested and told police, God just told me that Stacy was the one who did it, adding that she knew the body was in the neighbor's yard. That's what Stacy just told me. So basically it, was, it wasn't me, it was my husband. Yeah, um, and, but then she corrected herself and says, that's what God told her, not Stacy, according to the affidavit. Hmm. By the way, to kind of hard, kind of hard to prove one way or the other. Add to the confusion: her husband Stacy is still um, out and about. He has not been arrested. As far as we know, he hasn't even been questioned specifically uh, about the death as of right now. So there's there's a lot of unanswered questions yeah. in this that are, are just seems really weird. So it would say beyond the fact that it was God who told her that her husband. Okay, I mean, in and of itself, that's that's a little bit weird. But I'm not gonna tell you that I know for sure God doesn't talk to people. Now later this morning, they will uh, continue digging and the investigation. They just closed it down for a time yesterday, so they will continue uh, digging up that backyard and uh, trying to collect evidence. Hmm. And this is just one of the strange stories that's going on. Um, we reported the death, of course, and are following along the investigation in Moscow. Police yesterday identified the four University of Idaho students well, and, who were found dead in a reported homicide. And that one becomes a mystery, too, because somebody reported that there was a woman who was unconscious. So somebody could see her body someplace, maybe through a window, I don't know. Maybe she was outside and everybody else was inside. We haven't been told. But they have declared it a homicide, but they haven't told us the uh, the uh, cause of death or the the method of, of homicide. Well, the strange death. part of this story is Moscow police do not believe there's an ongoing risk to the community. Well, yeah. And if even there's, though nobody has been found or named as a suspect see, in the homicide. And see, if, if that's the case, it, it could be... A murder suicide, but but normally in the in the case of a murder suicide, they simply tell you we believe it was a murder suicide, and they haven't said anything yet. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can email us Mike at kby dot com, Chris at kby dot com. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at seven. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. We will uh, continue to keep you uh, updated on those two stories as information comes in. Also on the way in 20 minutes, uh, we have a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. You'll be able to use that at any one of the locations here in the Treasure Valley. Don't forget Blaze Pizza, one of our KBY sweet deals coming up here Friday morning. $50 gift certificate for $25. This is a $50 gift certificate for free, if you can answer a question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Call 208-888-4128 for any and all real estate needs, buying, selling, or even investing. Our question today, hippos' skins naturally secrete a red fluid. I didn't know that. That's kind of crazy. I've never seen that. It works as an antibacterial and also a skin moisturizer. It also helps to protect hippos specifically against something else. What is it? Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 
Well, Sunday was the second day that Fruland police searched a backyard of a home in connection to the disappearance of a missing boy. Last July, five-year-old Michael Vaughn, he was reported missing and hasn't been seen in more than a year. But after receiving a very credible tip recently, police were able to start digging in the backyard of a home on the 1100 block of Red Wing Street, which is just minutes away from Michael's family home. They intended to dig three to four feet deep across the whole backyard in search of Michael's possible remains. Cadaver dogs have been unseen, but Chief Huff would not discuss if the dogs alerted to anything on the property. He also says the dirt that's been removed from the yard is being taken off-site and then analyzed. Police will continue their search this morning. And that uh, search was called off yesterday also and will continue yeah. uh, again this morning. Nate Shulman had uh, an interesting question yesterday. When it comes to something like this, should you just open your home, be required to open your home for searches without a search warrant? No. And that was my first thought, too. And, and you know, now, granted, if this was your kid, you would go, yes. If this was your kid or uh, you're related to this kid, you're, yes. You Everybody can, within a certain mile radius you know, should have to open their home if police ask. Except that's not the way it works in no, this country. No. Um, and, and, and Nate had said, yesterday afternoon talking about this that if this was something he owns an apartment or has an apartment and if somebody came he would more than likely say yeah go ahead and search because he knows he has nothing to hide well same here but i i mean mean, still it, it shouldn't be just a requirement the thing that i thought about it was i wouldn't have a problem because i know i wouldn't have anything to hide but you would have to sign an affidavit for me saying that no matter what you find not related to the specific case of what you are searching for right now can never, ever be used against me for anything. And I'm not saying that there's anything that they'll find, but I, I don't know. You don't know. That's why we have the law that we have so that yeah. you just can't go, you know, on a hunting expedition when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I get it. If you, if you are the parent you, of a you child, be, you, you don't care if any laws are broken to find that kid. You can be secure in your home and your person. Stop and frisk isn't supposed to be a thing either. We will continue to uh, update this this story that seems to get just crazier by the moment. Like I said, Sarah Wandra says she has nothing to do with it, but God told her that her husband did. She's been cited and charged with uh, failure to report a death, felony failure to report a death, not misdemeanor. There are two different charges that you can be charged with. Um, she could be receiving a possible sentence of up to 10 years in prison and a fine of $50,000. Her bond was set at half a million dollars yesterday. No word on whether she bonded out as of yet. No word from police if they have found anything yet. (laughs) No word if the cadavers have found anything yet. The uh, bulletins as they happen. The dirt has been collected, as you heard there, has been taken to another location to uh, be sifted through for looking for evidence. The other story we have going on, Moscow police identified the four University of Idaho students. I can't, I can't even imagine this. My wife isn't in town as of right now. Yeah. And she saw the story on national news and uh, texted me yesterday. It's like, what is going on at the University of Idaho? And I told her what what I knew and she goes I I'm just heartbroken and I mean as a parent I mean you feel I can't even imagine number one receiving that call but being the person that has to make that call to a parent to tell them 
Yeah, you sent your kid off to college and he got murdered. Students from Madison Mogan, 21 of Coeur d'Alene. Kaylee Concalves, 21 of Ratham, Idaho. Zena Kernadel of uh, Post Falls, 20 years old. And Ethan Chapin, 20 of Mount Vernon, Washington. No information is being uh, rele- uh, released on this other than they do not believe there is an ongoing risk to the community based on information gathered during their preliminary investigation, which once again seems just strange that you have a homicide of four people. People were originally told to shelter in place, but now even though nobody has been charged, they haven't talked about anybody being caught, they said that there is no threat to the community. So in a vacuum, what happens? Well, and, and like I said, I mean, when there's when four people are dead and they say and we don't they say we don't have a suspect but there's uh you know there's uh, uh nobody in custody but there's no danger it makes it sound like it may have been a murder suicide however generally if they announce one of those they just announce it straight out well and here's the thing they're not calling this a murder no they're not they're calling it a homicide which is different than a murder i mean a murder is homicide but there are other things that are homicide too right suicide is homicide yeah and the fact that if that had happened, you would have thought that it would have said, hey, this is, you know, a murder case as of right now and not just a homicide case. Um, and I've had, you know, people in talking about this over the last couple of days said the same thing. It's like, hmm, sounds like maybe somebody in the house might have had a hand in this. I'm not saying that that's the case. But like I said, what happens in a vacuum? People start filling in, trying to fill in their own information. Well, yeah. Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. We have about a minute here. Okay, I'll try to be quick. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, you know, this topic came up that you brought up just briefly there about the uh, the notice in the three mile three mile circumference, I guess, of where the child went up missing. You know, in a lot of ways, I kind of agree with that, but I think it should be widened, and I think it should be primarily kept to people that have been convicted and did their sentence of sex offenses. You won't find too much. You won't find too many people arguing that they think that they should be checked first, obviously. And they have lost most of their rights. And they do have to register. And that would be the natural inclination would be to go to those people first and check their houses. Now, you're, um, say, you're saying you want to do that without a warrant, right? That it's okay to do I it without a warrant. I think if you're a sex offender and you're on the registry, I think you've already opened yourself up for that. Yeah, but you you still right. you still have the civil right, uh, you know, the right against search, you know, unlawful search and seizure. I realize this, but I'm saying my personal opinion is you lost that right already. Got it. You harmed a child in the first place. All right. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. you did. It's but. it's it's. I mean, if it were your child, you would probably insist they search everybody. Oh, yeah. That's why I said. You know, within yeah. a, a thousand mile radius. I, I don't care. On Lobby the other hand, damned. but if it's your house being searched, it's a different matter. We'll talk more about this after news at the top of the hour. Um, we've got our damn near impossible question coming up. We've got Bronco Sports today. Uh, Bronco Tuesday coming up here with Bob Beeler on the way. We're talking about track and field. That'll be coming up. Don't go away. Chance for your fifty dollar. Uh, Lay's Pizza, gift certificate on the way after Bronco Sports today. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Debbie, you got first crack at our question today. We've got a $50 gift certificate. 
to Blaze Pizza that can be all yours if you can answer our question. Hippo's skin naturally secretes a red fluid. It works as an antibacterial and also a skin moisturizer. It also helps to protect hippos against this. What is it that it helps to protect hippos against? Deborah, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What is it that it protects against? Um, I think that it works like a natural sunscreen, so it keeps them from getting sunburned. That is exactly correct. The red fluid also acts as a natural sunscreen against the harsh sun in Africa. Um, it also protects the skin that's from becoming... That's why you never see a sunburned hippo. That's right. That's exactly right. It also protects the skin from becoming waterlogged when the hippo is in the water. The uh, chemical composition of the secretion um, is unique to hippos, and it remains something of a mystery. I learn something new every day by listening to the show, as everybody else probably does. I didn't even know hippos secreted a red fluid. Did you? I did. I thought it was actually their blood, but it's not their blood. No, it's not their blood. It turns red. Yeah. Yeah, but it turns red, so they call it blood sweat. Yep. And that's why you never see a hippo with dry skin, either, is because they... Now I'm wondering if hippos cry. (laughs) Uh, probably uh, red red secretion there too. Uh, Deborah, hold on the line. You got a fifty dollars gift certificate once again, uh, and that's to Blaze Pizza. Any one of the locations in the Treasure Valley. Don't forget, we're giving this away all week for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. But everybody has a chance at the Blaze Pizza gift certificates. We'll give you the sweet deal coming up. One of the two sweet deals at KBOI.com on Friday morning. You have Blaze Pizza and also Costa Vita fifty dollars gift certificates available for only twenty five dollars. Once again, that is coming up here. Friday morning. Remember it. Both of those sell out quickly. Stick around. News coming up next to the bottom of the hour. It is Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler will be with us. Uh, we're talking today track and field. Um, we've got a couple of members of the track and field team headed to nationals. We'll talk about that coming up. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk, KBOI. And it really does get busy this year when it comes to sports, doesn't it? It does. And the cross-country team is sending two runners to the national championships coming up Saturday at Oklahoma State. Jonathan Shields representing the men's team. Yasmin Margini representing the women's team. We've got both of them on the show this morning. And we'll start with the Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome and congratulations on qualifying for the meet. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And he is from Sheffield, England. He is a senior. And looking at the at the story about the meet, it looked like you were down in the meet and had to race your way to the first 10 spots to qualify, and you finished 10th. So how did you pass all those people? I think it's just about, um, you know, setting a good pace at the start, not going off too quick, um, and conserving your energy, especially when it's 10K. It's our first 10K race of the season. Usually it's been 8K so far. So to have the step up to 10K, you know, you've got to pace yourself and you can't go off too quick. But how did you pass those people? It looked like you had to pass, what, 10 or so people to get yourself into 10th place. So what are you thinking about as you're moving your way through the field? Well, basically, you want every point you can for the team. Like, cross-country is a team event, and, you know, you're just passing those people towards the end because you want to try and get every single point you can to score as low as you can for the team. Now, Jonathan, you ran a personal best in the men's 10K at the NCAA West Regionals uh, with a time of 
41 uh, and placing 10th, as he just mentioned. Is there a way that you foresee yourself? I mean, that's your personal best. So to win a race like that as you get to nationals, you're obviously going to have to run even faster than that. Is there a way forward that you can see that happening? Well, honestly, in cross country, you just take every race as it comes. Like, you're not really thinking about personal best. You're not really thinking about how fast you're running. You're just thinking about how to be competitive with the other guys around you. So I think that nationals is, as you said, it's definitely a step up. But, um, you know, I won't be thinking about times. I'll be just thinking about how to be competitive with the other boys around me. Now, how is it that, that Boise State is getting England's best runners to come over here? How, how did they get you? And they recruited me. And I think half the team right now is pretty much half the team is actually international. So, um, you know, we have a recruiter that recruits um, from overseas, and I think that that's the method of recruiting that they prefer. We're visiting with Jonathan Shields. He is going to the NCAA Cross-Country Track and Field Championships this weekend, representing Boise State, finished 10th at the regional up in Seattle. So when uh, we look at this championship race, how many other runners are in it? What kind of preparation do you do mentally? Do you know who the other runners are? Is there like a book that shows like, well, we think this guy's going to go out fast, this guy's going to come back? What What do you want to know about the competitors and, and how many others are in there? Yeah, I think um, there's around 300 guys in the field. Um, you're looking at 31 different schools and then a selection of individual qualifiers. Unfortunately, I'm one of them. Um, but I think that that's one aspect of the race that I'll have to talk to the coach about um, you know he'll give me some good tactics going into it I don't actually like to think about the race this early out you know it's only Tuesday I'm racing Saturday um, I'll probably start thinking about the race on Thursday and I'll have a little bit of a discussion with the coach Now Johnny um, you had mentioned I want to go back to your recruiting um, you're from Sheffield England and you said yes, you know sir. that you were recruited here and that's the reason you came here um, how much did you know about Boise, Idaho before you said, oh, yeah, I would love to go to Boise? Honestly, I'd heard of Idaho, but I'd never heard of Boise. Um, but if, you know, I got a number of messages and emails from a variety of different coaches around the country, and Boise is the one that stood out to me because, you know, after doing a little bit of research, a little bit of Googling, um, you know, Boise is a great place. Um, it's a great team, a great group of guys, and, uh, the Broncos is something that I wanted to be a part of. What would you say has been your highlight at, at Boise, Boise State? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I've had so many good memories of the guys. Uh, probably, I think two memories, um, two memories stand out. I think the first one is making nationals as a team in 2019. And I believe the second one is when we all went to Boston, all the boys went to Boston and we all ran PRs. So I think that Anything that's to do with the team success, they're definitely the highlighting of, uh, highlights of my time in Boise. Jonathan Shields is joining us. He will be racing at the NCAA Cross Country Championships coming up Saturday in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're from England, maybe what Sheffield is like, what you like to do away from, uh, from running, and also uh, what, maybe what you're majoring here. Yeah, so I'm a big soccer fan, um, well, football, as it's called back home. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of the things that I've found quite hard, especially in my first couple of years at Boise, was I couldn't have a conversation to anyone about, about football. You know, not many people knew. <laughs> so thankfully, 
honestly. But thankfully, over the last couple of years, we've seen like a rise in um, the amount of people uh, playing soccer and understanding it. You know, I walk into the VC here and there's some guys watching it on, on TV. So, like, you know, and that sounds like NBC and CBS and a variety of different things, making soccer big in America, and especially with the World Cup coming up as well. Um, I'm excited for that because England and the USA are actually in the same group. Um, so obviously with the English boys on the team, the American guys on the team, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting. Break it down for us. Who's going to win the match? Who's going to win the match? Uh, England, because they're going to win the World Cup. Jonathan, what do you plan on doing uh, after your Boise State career comes to an end? Yeah, so I'm going to keep running back home. I'm going to head home to England. That's a plan right now. And I'm going to continue my athletic career and see how far I can get in it. So how does someone get on the the English Olympic team? How, how, what is their process for selecting runners? Well, right now I'm quite a long way off that. But I think realistically um, you've got to get your time down a lot, a lot faster, be one of the fastest guys in the country, and um, race fast when it counts. Jonathan Shields, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with us this morning and uh, continued success. Good luck this weekend at the NCAA Championships uh, in Oklahoma. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. KBOI News Time is 845. We'll take a break. When we uh, come back, we have uh, another member that is going to be headed to the NCAA Championships from the women's side. It's Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler with us once again here on News Talk KBOI. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. 8.52, Bronco Tuesday, where we're talking about the other Olympic sports, and uh, the track and field is uh, what we're talking about this week, and uh, a quick change to our lineup this morning. One of the coaches, Travis Hartke, joins us. Uh, Travis, we had a chance to visit with Jonathan Shields. He's not the only one going representing Boise State. Yasmin Margini is going, so tell us a little bit about her. Well, Yasmin uh, kind of really came on in our program last year. She's only a sophomore, and uh, she has led our team all year long. Um, you know, I think down the line she's probably going to be our star, um, but was able to secure a spot, was seventh at the regional meet, and uh, actually led our girls to probably the best finish the best reach we've had since we were ninth the national two years ago. Travis, as we look at uh, the two that are going, uh, what kind of hopes do you have? I mean, we, uh, Jonathan said there's 300 runners in each meet, so what is considered a really good finish? Well, All-American is top 40, and I think it's it's within you know both of their realms, really, right? Because both of them were top 10 in the West region, which is um, – you know, it's it's one of the best regions in the in the NCA right now, and so I think top forty is with kind of within the realm. But you're going to have to run the race right because it's it's just a super challenging course. Like um, the NCA courses right now are are very flat and fast, and the the nationals course at Oklahoma State is actually has a lot of hills and everything. So you're going to have to get in it, but be a little bit patient and uh, kind of move the second half of the race. How does, how does Yasmin compare with some of the uh, the the better uh, Boise State runners of the past, like uh, Bates and Ostrander? Well, she's not there yet. Um, She's, she's a little bit behind them, but like I said, she's only a sophomore. So 
um, if she continues to grow, and I think, you know, we're actually, um, I, I think this indoor season, she can run under 16 flat in the 5K and kind of take steps to be at their level uh, probably in her junior year. Uh, I want to talk about recruiting here uh, real quickly. Uh, Yasmin and Jonathan Shields, both from England, and you have a large yeah. number of international uh, competitors. How, how do you compete internationally? How do you recruit internationally? You mean? Yeah, how do you compete with everybody else trying to get those um, you know, athletes to Boise State? Well, you just build connections. Like um, It kind of builds itself, right? Like we On the men's side, we have several athletes and we just signed a guy from Loughborough University and like all of our coaches have connections internationally just from our past recruiting and um, you know once people have a good experience they you know tend to tell people and they come over as well so um, I, I don't think we had a connection to Yasmin a lot of that was through social media finding people and and just trying to be on top of everything um but with a lot of our guys and girls internationally it comes from you know other people we've coached in the past or other people who have had good experiences i'm just guessing that you know when it comes to uh those international athletes they don't know a lot about boise idaho in particular so how do you talk them into that being the best place for them to go well, Boise, Idaho is one of the best places, you know, in the United States to, to train. Like, you look at the mountains, the trails, everything like that, and we have people internationally that come in to visit, and they go on a run in Boise, and they say, like, that is the best run they've ever been on in their mm. life. So, Boise really sells itself. We're we're a program that has, you know, built-in facilities that aren't, aren't necessarily built, right? The, the landscape is, is what's important for us, and that really helps us in recruiting. Travis, uh, looking ahead to the uh, winter season and the spring season, a couple thoughts on so maybe some people we need to watch for? Yeah, we actually get started uh, straight away. So our indoor season starts the first weekend of December. We're actually taking all the cross-country runners to Boston for – an invitational and we'll be running three K's and five K's and then our sprints and jumps um, and throws are going to Spokane the next weekend. So we're probably getting a quicker start than normal. Um, probably the people to watch are, you know, Johnny, of course, like Johnny's had a big breakthrough in cross country. He's done stuff that he couldn't do last year. And I think that's just going to transition over to the track. Um, Yasmin, um, on the distance side of things, like we're looking for our entire group to kind of take a step forward in track that will really help us in cross country. Um, but, you know, we return a lot of top sprinters right. as well. Um, Anita in the, you know, in the short sprints, um, we have a, a girl by the name of Naya Nucci who, um, you know, Travis, made regionals. I hate to interrupt yep. you, but we're almost up on, on time here today. But uh, I wanted to thank you yeah. before we let you go for uh, filling in at the last moment. Good luck this weekend. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Um, Bob, thank you very much. Uh, great talking with you. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you again Monday, uh, coming up here for Bronco Monday, hopefully talking about a win, a Mountain West championship. Thanks a lot. 
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. With a growing number of Republicans blaming Donald Trump for the party's poor showing in the midterms, the former president is lashing out at two of the GOP's most popular governors, Glenn Youngkin of Virginia and Ron DeSantis of Florida, who he called an average Republican governor with great public relations. And he added, Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games by not ruling out his own run for president. In terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. Good. I'm glad to see that Trump is uh, slamming two of the most popular governors in the country right now in uh, Yunkin and uh, DeSantis. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. I'm actually feeling a little sorry for DeSantis because when he was running uh, this in in, uh, in 2020, his commercials basically were... They were pretty funny. They were him teaching his kid uh, to, like, basically uh, revere Donald Trump. And... You know, now Donald Trump saying, yeah, he's just an average governor. <laughs> um, we're going to we're going to wait to see tonight. It is still expected that Trump may declare uh, his bid tonight. Supposedly, that's supposed to happen, I believe, at seven o'clock our time. So um, I'm sure that we'll be covering that um, tonight. You could get updates on that. We'll doc- definitely talk about tomorrow morning if it does happen. Um, your thoughts, if you want to weigh in on that, that's uh, the big news expected later today. And thank God, not a moment too soon, that uh, because the election is only um, almost two full years away. The crazy part about this, about uh, slamming both uh, Yunkin um, and DeSantis, neither one of them has declared, we don't know if they're going to be running. Now, people think that they may run just because of how popular they are right now. But I, I can almost guarantee you DeSantis will not announce that he'll be running for at least a year. Um, Youngkin, probably the same thing. You, you're not going to hear a lot of these candidates that are going to announce. Now, part of the reason, I mean, DeSantis is basically he owes it to his voters of Florida who got him as, as a governor in, in by nearly 20 points, by yeah. the way. It, it's like he can't win the governorship, and then a month or two later, or even three months later, go, oh, by the way, thanks for electing me, and now I'm going <laughs> to run for president. He, he owes it to his, his his constituents to be governor and to continue to run the state. That's the reason why I don't think you're going to see that he is going to announce, if he even does, run for the president in 2024 for, yeah, at, least, for at least a year. That makes sense. It'll be interesting to see... You know, if, if Trump is the only one announced that we don't even know for sure if Biden is going to run, mm-hmm. um, Trump runs best when he has um, an enemy. And if you have nobody that you're actually running against, is that what you do? You just start shooting like a shotgun and, and attacking everybody around you who might possibly run? Uh, I, I don't know. I it, it just seems a little premature to be doing it right now because you at some point... You probably, assuming that you know he gets the nomination, he would have to choose a running mate, mm-hmm. and it might oh, be Mike Pence. It might win. <laughs> by the I, way, I believe that ship has sailed. By the way, Mike Pence may even run for president, but I don't think he's going to announce anytime soon. He keeps hinting at it, though. Yeah. Um. 
But, but, but I mean, you know, it, would people vote for a Trump-DeSantis ticket? I, don't, I, I think that you might have people vote for a DeSantis-Trump ticket right now. If you, if you ask America right now what would be their, their choice, it would probably be that over a Trump-DeSantis ticket, don't that you would think? Be, that would be a first. Nobody's ever been a vice president after first being a president. Steve, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Hey, good morning. Hey, I'm, I'm, I have always been a big Trump supporter. I supported him in 2016 and last time, but I'm really hoping he bows out of this. I'm afraid his ego won't allow him to, but um, I'm really hoping he'll maybe surprise us all and say he's not going to run. I just um, I don't see a path to victory for him, um, even without fraud. Even had there been no fraud, which I think there was some in 2020, I, he would have barely have won. And uh, there haven't been any efforts made to clean up the fraud that I'm seeing. And I don't see him winning any new supporters. I, I feel as though, if anything, he's probably lost some of his supporters. I personally am irritated that he's gone after DeSantis. He's gone after Candace Owens. He's just, I feel like he's too angry right now. He's just kind of going after people. Anybody who says anything about him, he's going after him. Um, I like Candace Owens. He went after her because she questioned him on the vaccine. And she wasn't even being uh, confrontational about it. She just questioned him a little bit on it. Yeah. And now he's, you know, he turned her into an enemy. So I just don't see him gaining any supporters. So I just, I hope he bows out. Um, he can't win more supporters by just being more Trump. I think the people that support him now are pretty much it. <laughs> Everyone knows who he is. I don't see him gaining any. And I think it's time for some new blood. Um I don't know who that might be. I mean, DeSantis sounds good, but someone made a good comment the other day that he's another lawyer, and I don't know if we need any more lawyers in <laughs> politics. I like the guy. I think he's done a great job but in, in Florida, and I would, I would vote for DeSantis or Trump if they were the nominee. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm just hoping we get somebody who's um, – Maybe someone who's a little more likable. <laughs> you know, the, and, uh, this is my personal opinion, Trump. but I think the worst thing that could happen is if we have a 2024 election where it's Biden and Trump again. Oh, yeah, I think that would be awful. And, um, you know, bottom line, and then at the end of the day, you have to be likable. You don't have to agree with somebody, but you at least have to kind of respect them and like them. And I just don't think, I don't think Trump would get a single Democrat vote if he ran again. Um, I might have heard this on your show yesterday. I, I don't think he'd get a single Democrat vote. He probably wouldn't get very many independent votes. And, you know, he'd probably get the Republican votes, but that's just not enough. So you need somebody who's, I hate to harken back to Reagan because everybody does, but you need someone more Reagan-esque who people just like. I mean, look at DeSantis getting, what, 60% in Florida? Um, guarantee you there's not 60% of the people aren't registered Republicans down there. He's just been able to poll people who like him who who do you think is that. the who do you think is the the most likable of all the republicans that have at least hinted that they may want to run for president you know i i have to plead a little bit of ignorance there because i don't totally follow all the national politics i mean i sure like everything i've seen of uh governor DeSantis. um i like things i've heard of the texas governor um you know i, I just think these old guard mitch mcconnell's and mccarthy's and Trump's just kind of need to be put out the pasture, honestly. I appreciate everything they've done, but I think it's time to find somebody who's going to gel a little bit more with the, hate to say it, the millennials, because I'm 58, I'm no millennial, but um, 
I think you have to court that demographic if you want to have... You are whatever we are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you for the call, Stephen. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Paula Starr, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hello, Paula? Yes. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Hi. I wish I was a millennial. Gosh. <laughs> don't, um, don't we all? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I just, I just want to say that if Trump is... he, I just want people to realize, and they know I'm sure, but he's such a narcissist, and all Trump cares about is Trump. I mean, he was a Democrat his whole life. And when he ran in 2016, right before that, he said, I would have run as a Democrat, but Hillary had that sewn up. I mean, this guy is, yes, you may like his policies, whatever those were, but he's just, all he cares about is himself. Mm. And people are like, oh, he raised such great kids. Well, I believe the mom was in Aspen and that's where the kids lived and they would come visit him so often. I just, I don't understand it. I think if, if, if Trump gets in there, it's the best gift to Democrats. And that's all really I had to say. I just, people need to wake up. I mean, he's not a cult leader. He's not, a, you know, Jesus. He's not any of that. Do you, do, you, just, do you have a favorite candidate at this point or potential candidate? Um, well, of course, I guess I'm more what they term as rhinos. Like, I loved Adam. Shame um, on you. What was I know. Shame on me. I mean, I am a moderate and I have voted both ways. I was in Obama. I loved Obama, you know, wow. like George Bush, George W. thought he was, a. you know, I kind of go by the person in, in a way more than I do the, I guess I'm an agnostic, what they call an agnostic <laughs> politi- politically, um, because I really kind of, if the person isn't, I kind of go by that. I mean, if they're a good human being, they're a family person. Um, they don't mess around with other women when they're married or men. I'm pretty much happy with them. And, you know, Clinton oh. really disappointed me because of all that. Come so on, you're, you're making it I, practically impossible. I'm going to find right. somebody that fits. Well, I'm sorry. Everybody thinks Obama's a, Obama's a communist and all that. Oh, he, I don't think we've heard anything about him yet. But, you know, maybe he's in that little club too. But um, I just think we need to go back to working together like they did during Reagan's times and really even during Clinton's times, as much I hate to say that, but you know, people kind of cross the aisle and work together to get things done for the American people. And that's, that's what I'm all about. Paula, thank you for the call. Uh, Appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thank you. Have a great day. 208-336-3700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. If you're on the phone right now, I promise we will get to you. Don't go anywhere. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, reminder, don't forget, KBOI sweet deals go on sale Friday morning at 9 o'clock as usual. Two sweet deals this week, Costa Vida and Blaze Pizza, $50 gift certificate for only $25. That's at 9 o'clock. Um, however, for those of you who are in- interested uh, uh, in an auction, if you're like my wife and never met an auction she doesn't uh, like, <laughs> 
Um, we have a couple of uh, sweet bids auctions that are up for grabs as of right now. Two days and six hours left on both of these. Um, both of them, fantastic deals. And especially right now, if you can get them for the price that they're going for right now, Quadrifier pellet stove valued at $3,900. That's the retail value currently going at $900. That's the current bid. Um, here's the other cool one, the Kona uh, Econo Cycle. 2022 this is uh the electric bike for those of you people like myself who don't like to pedal you just use the electricity <laughs> in the bike oh yeah this is a three thousand dollar value it's only selling for 750 that's the high bid right mm. now 750 dollars both of these selling at fantastic prices so take advantage just go to kboi.com click on the sweet bids link and then uh, bid early and uh, bid often rich and boise thanks for being patient you're on news talk kboi good morning to you uh, good morning. I wanted to talk about the elections. I've been following them for about the past week. But Biden had approval ratings in the low 40s. We have high gas prices, inflation, and people still preferred Democrats over Republicans. Uh, Biden had... S- somewhat. I mean, it looks like it's the House is going to flip. Yeah, the House is going to flip, but you've got governor races, senator races, secretary of state races, uh, House legislature races all over the country. Uh, there's, there's, I, I look, except for Bush, right after 9-11, Biden has done better than any president since, like, oh, I only went back to, like, the start of World War II, but it was just an anomaly, and it's because Republicans are just jerks. They did... You remember Obamacare, how Republicans complained about health care and were going to replace it for like eight years. We tried to repeal it about 40 times, but never submitted a bill one time, never submitted a health care bill. And that's what they're doing with all this stuff on inflation. And and they're, they're trying to win on culture wars. They They haven't put out a plan for any of that, and I bet they won't. But I think people are just tired of the attitude that I mean, a lot of it stemmed for Trump, but he found people to go along with him. You know, just how he is always calling people names and all that silliness. I think I think people just got sick of it. You know, so I I don't know if the guy will run again or not. Yeah. There's just no way of predicting what he will do. Well, I guess uh, we'll we'll know at seven o'clock tonight because uh, he's expected to make an announcement of somewhat and. Um, advisors are saying that he's going to announce tonight at 7, so I guess we'll know one way or the other after 7 o'clock tonight. It would be kind of strange if he didn't announce, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he might He might just not uh, have any kind of an announcement at all. He does that kind of stuff, too. He says he's going to do stuff and then just doesn't do it. It, it might just, tonight just might come and go. You might not hear anything from him, too. That's possible. Thanks for the call, Rich. Uh, Lee Joe, Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, let's talk about Donald Trump's disqualification for president. Number one, he was completely unable to drain the swamp. He was easily manipulated by the swamp and did exactly what the swamp wanted two years into his presidency and, and uh, directed the COVID shutdown. The man has never read the Constitution. Uh, he did what he believed was popular, uh, not not what I would call principled. He just leaned upon the popular things. 
And then, um, and this this whole COVID thing, the, the role of government was to direct people in what was happening, not to uh, you know limit their lives from it, but to give them information, not to uh, end the right of assembly or the the, the right to uh, to trade or or freedom of the press or all the other things that got destroyed in this uh, in this COVID mess. That so, all started Joe, with Donald can, J. Trump. Can I ask you, and I know, um, you know that you're a conservative and Republican, was there any time in the last five years, six years, that you were a Donald Trump supporter? I think when he did his tax cut plans, but uh, again, that, that was because he had some good advisors around him. It wasn't necessarily that he had a moral belief that taxes are uh, are theft, or or that the role of government should be limited. It was just that, you know, this this might be popular. This will get me elected or reelected, and uh, you know that that's about it. And and the uh, Supreme Court uh, justice appointments would be the times I approve. But look at his approval rating now. Like Trump is sitting at thirty six percent, and Biden sitting at thirty seven percent. Yeah. You know, like, what, what is this? What? Do you support him in the general election if he's the uh, Republican candidate? I'll probably go third party. One question before we go, uh, Lee Joe, uh, really quickly because we're out of time here. Um, who would you rather see as the Republican candidate for president since we're talking about it this morning? Uh, I'll go with the DeSantis or Noam or uh, or any any list of folks that'll you know if Jim Jordan would step up that'd be great. Just let's let's not have the same old bag of tricks like we always do. All right. And you know these these old folks that can't hardly put a sentence together. Let's let's end that. Two zero eight three three six. Thank you for the call. By he's the way, the first one to mention uh, Christy Noam. Yeah, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. News coming up next at the bottom of the hour. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Hi, this is President Trump. I urge you to listen to Nate Sheldon. He's almost as good as Casper and Chris, that I can tell you, but not quite. <laughs> By the way, that that is not President Trump. Oh, is that your disclaimer? Yeah. Just so people are listening. Oh, my God. Trump was on Casper and Chris this morning. Um, Taking your phone calls and emails this morning, a couple of stories that we're talking about. President Trump expected uh, by some to announce that he will be running for president in the upcoming 2024 election tonight. Um, Expected to make an announcement at 7 o'clock. Advisors are are, are saying that uh, that was what the announcement is going to be. I guess we'll find out because you never really do know with Trump. Taking your calls on that, if you want to uh, take your calls on the crazy stories here happening in Idaho, uh, the two stories that we're talking about, um, woman charged with a failure to report death tied to disappearance of the five-year-old Fruitland boy who uh, disappeared, Michael Vaughn, last year. And talk about that story and the fact of how little information coming out on that. Um, and, And... some of the stuff, and we'll go over it here in just a few minutes again, um, and also the story at the University of Idaho, no information being released as of yet other than the names. All the parents have been told, next of kin have been told, to, that their um, loved ones had lost their lives. Um, it is deemed a homicide, and although no suspects, 
Nobody named as being investigated for the homicides, although the university has said that there is no ongoing threat going on, which is a little bit strange mm-hmm. when, when in the grand scheme of things. Well, somebody wrote us yesterday and said that they had sources, or a source anyway, in, in Moscow, who said that they had all died of a drug overdose, which doesn't seem like that's homicide, uh, unless you know they were poisoned on purpose. On the other hand... And and they wanted to know why we weren't announcing that. We didn't we didn't announce that because so far that's just a rumor, uh, and and we don't have the same source as you apparently up there. Our source is the police department, and they haven't released anything about the cause of death. Well, here's a perfect example because this uh, came in from uh, Calavando sixty nine email says the deaths of those four University of Idaho students are due to gunshots. It's amazing that hasn't hit the mainstream media yet. It hasn't not only hit the mainstream media. That hasn't hit anything at all. I haven't heard other than your email. Well, when, you know, when they first a, said a, a rumor, when they say four bodies are found, I mean, the first thing you think is somebody shot all of them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that was what happened. And that is, there is no information saying that those four people have been shot. It's not coming out anywhere. So I don't know. You know, you're you're hearing from probably somebody on Twitter or someplace else, but there's no media outlet anywhere that's reporting that because the police haven't re- released any of that information. Yeah. 208-336-3700, Ron in Weezer. Thank you for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. You know, I'm awful tired of hearing these uh, poor whining Republicans bashing Trump. Uh, he's the greatest president we ever had. And this last caller talking about his disqualifications. Let's talk about his qualifications. Uh, first of all, we'd have still had him as a president had he been not defrauded of that election. When he left the day one, first of all, he, he gave us energy independence. We had energy in abundance. Uh, we had the border under control. We've now got about, what, three, four trillion uh, illegal aliens has come into the country. We had really peace around the world. Trump, president Trump was a peaceful president. He's not narcissistic or nor arrogant like the Democrats are. Uh, quite the contrary. When he was when he was president, I'll bet there was at least forty, fifty, hundred times a day he was called names. We never talk about the names that he was called. The nasty names that he, that Donald Trump had endured. He endured. Mueller investigation, two fraudulent uh, impeachments. Uh, we had the Afghanistan debacle. We still had the uh, the uh, Bagram Air Base, which was very strategic. Biden gave that up. Uh, first day in office, Biden negated almost everything that Donald Trump accomplished. And... Uh, so, so is this? Uh, uh, let me ask you this before we let you go. Um, and thank you for the call. Uh, is Trump your first choice to run absolutely. on the Republican side, twenty twenty four? All right, ch- first choice. And I like to see these Republicans starting together, together, and st- like the Democrats do, and and unite. What I would like to see is I would like to see Trump get together with DeSantis, like Reagan did with Bush. Bush learned from Reagan, and Bush uh, Bush was prepared preparing himself as vice president. DeSantis can learn a lot from Trump. I think Trump is the only person that can bring us out of a mess that Donald Trump has got us into. And uh, if he can do it, by the time 
Biden gets through this country, we're almost bankrupt right now. Another thing that Trump wouldn't have done that, that, that uh, Democrats have done is given us a $5 trillion deficit that's created most of our inflation, along with the fact that of our energy uh, uh, loss from uh, fossil fuel shutdowns and the, uh, the Keystone Pipeline shutdown. Uh, Trump, I think, understands best to know how to get us out of all of this mess. He's done it once, and I could think he could do it again. And I think DeSantis, four years with Donald Trump, and we need Donald Trump. He's he's getting older. He won't have enough. First of all, and another thing, Donald Trump deserves his next this presidency. He was had the last one taken from him, and he deserves to be to have his second term, I believe. Right. And not just because he deserves it, because he's the most capable and competent of any of the can can solve our problems right now that the All Democrats right. are giving us. Thank you, Ron, for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Shannon. I, I don't think that was Freudian at all, actually. <laughs> Shannon Meridian, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Hi. Um, well, I was calling. I agree with your last caller. I am going to vote for Donald Trump if he runs. Um, I hope he does. The thing I, about him and people talking about his personality, and I'm not voting the president in because of their personality. Um People were like, oh, you know, Obama, he was such a nice person. Well, that's great. But, he, you know, if you don't help my country and you don't help me personally, then I'm not going to vote you in. As far as Donald Trump goes, I was never a big Donald Trump fan. My husband has always followed him, always liked him, always liked his, you know, the fact that he was a very smart businessman. And I never really cared for his personality either. But after I saw what he talked about, what he wants to do for America and what he did do, then, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going for this all the way in. Um, I thought Bill Clinton was a very nice person, too. And he's done some, you know, some things that shouldn't have been done. But when he was the president, I never felt like he was taking our country down, like I feel now. The name calling uh, Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist. And then he turns around and picks her as his vice. People don't want to talk about this kind of stuff because the media has control of what people think. I'm a little bit like Donald Trump. You come after me and I will go right back after you. I'm not the nice person. I never said I, I was. <laughs> but I tell you what, when people learn that you come after me, I'm coming right back after you, they kind of leave me alone. They yeah. kind of stop with that pushing. But the media doesn't talk about the things that were said to him, just like Candace Owens. I'm a big Candace Owen fan. But before Candace Owen become a Republican, she was a Democrat, and she hated Donald Trump. She had plenty to say about him. Nobody wants to bring that up. They just want to say, oh, poor Candace. Well, she's a big girl. She can handle it. Shannon, thank you for the call. And by the way, I think you're a nice person. Oh, well, good. I think oh, I, I know you are. But, yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, you have for a good the call. Day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, email in Mike at KBY.com. Funny how all I've heard from those who don't want Trump are silly statements like, I want someone who's a family man, doesn't cheat on his wife, keeps his comments friendly. Why is it these sorts have nothing to say about the policies? DeSantis was voted in because he followed the Trump model. We need someone with Trump's loyalty to America. Name him. Trump for 2024. DeSantis can run next. All those wanting Trump out are establishment, and they're afraid Trump is going to win. Craig says... Uh, between 1985 and 1994, Trump's core businesses lost money every single year, and the accumulated losses came to more than a billion dollars. In fact, year after year, 
Uh, Trump appears to have lost more money than nearly any other individual American taxpayer. He says his core business losses in 1990 and 1991, more than $250 million each year, were more than double those of the nearest taxpayers in the IRS information for those years. He says, in case you didn't take all that in, uh, when Trump was portraying himself as a newly minted billionaire and financial genius, his core businesses were losing money hand over fist. I I can answer that uh, with an example, though. I mean, you look at where Facebook is. Facebook lost over a trillion dollars this year. Um, The CEO of Facebook himself lost over a hundred billion dollars so far and counting this year. Does that make him a horrible businessman because of that? Not when you consider the grand scheme of everything and where Facebook started and where it still is today, even though the company's lost a trillion dollars and the CEO has lost a hundred billion dollars in personal money doesn't make him not a successful businessman i don't think anybody could say even though he's had a horrible year that he's not successful at what he did with facebook since it began it started out in his his dorm room in a college (laughs) at harvard 208-336-3700 uh pound 670 on your verizon wireless jeff and nampa said i would love to see tulsi gabbard run for president in 2024 she may I, I have to say, I kind of like Tulsi Gabbard. I have to, I have to admit it, um, even though she has now said that uh, she is not going to be a Democrat any longer, so she would, and she's not a Republican, so she would run as an independent, and we've seen how well independents have done in pra- past presidential elections, right? Uh, Daniel says, uh, morning, Chris. Whatever happened to critical race theory? I don't think anything happened to it. It uh, isn't really on the, uh, the front burner for a lot of people anymore. But it's, it's still one of the things that people list when they uh, list who they do or don't like. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. Um, coming up, a final chance to get through if you want to call us. Um, once again, got some emails to get to if you want to email us, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com. Seems like everybody so far this morning wants to talk about possibility that uh, Donald Trump will announce his run as a candidate for presidency coming up in 2024. That announcement expected tonight at 7 o'clock. I guess we'll wait to find out, but so far some of his advisors are saying that's what's going to happen. So um, you can kind of expect that, but there's all day for him to change his mind, and we know Trump has changed his mind in the past. So who knows? We're taking your calls. If you want to see somebody else, who do you think will make a better one, or is this something that Trump should and you feel he needs to do, go ahead and give us a call and let us know. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.51, I haven't mentioned the uh, stock market since it opened, so I'll give you an update. Uh, Dow is up 221 points uh, as of right now. Standard & Poor is up. Uh, NASDAQ is really up 277 points, so it's uh, another good day on the stock market today. Um, uh, text message in at 208-336-3700, uh, says, uh, about Zuckerberg, people tend to forget that he stole the idea for Facebook and had to pay for it. Well, that's what the movie said. However, <laughs> um, you might remember that there, uh, a lot of great ideas were stolen. For instance, a lot of people think Einstein invented the light bulb. He did not invent the light bulb. He you made Edison or Edison, sorry, Edison. Yeah. Um, he made the light bulb better. 
he stole the idea and made the light bulb better, and now he's pretty much credited with inventing the light bulb, even though he didn't. Well, it's like Henry Ford didn't invent the car. Another example. He basically put it on an assembly line for the first time and, and made them faster and cheaper. Uh, Robin writes in, Mike at KBY.com, um, he is a narcissist, condescending to people who disagree with him or vote for the other party, calls people's name, uh, people names constantly. He knows everything about everything. Just ask him. Uh, by the way, I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about Rich. <laughs> grief. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Denny <clears throat> in Nampa says, if you want a job done and done right, give it to a Navy SEAL, i.e. Ron DeSantis. Uh, Terry writes in, Trump, DeSantis, then DeSantis Gabbard. Hmm. Interesting. DNE says the caller who said Trump directed the COVID shutdown is off the reservation. All of the COVID shutdowns were directed by state governments like Brad Little's admin here in Idaho. A handful of governors chose not to issue lockdown orders, but the vast majority of them, including Little and your boy DeSantis, did so in order to make their states eligible for the federal COVID aid packages. The only thing Trump had to do with that was signing the legislation for the aid packages, but those were passed with veto-proof majorities anyway. The House and Senate would have forced them through, even if Trump had refused to sign on to them. So your listeners need to check their information instead of looking for excuses to cry about Trump. Good luck with that. With what? People checking their information? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, another email, no name on this one, says, I failed to believe that the American people wanted to keep the status quo, considering Pennsylvania courts first blocked the use of unverifiable mail-in ballots as per law. Then on Election Day, ruling in a lawsuit for Fetterman, another judge says that they have to be counted. He then ekes out a win. Arizona's Dem candidates were pulling low numbers of votes in places like Pima County, heavy Democratic area, yet... They won. The issues were not fixed for the 2022 fraud of mail-in ballots. Thus, we see things the way they are now. Okay. Um, I think, okay, this is this appears to be copied from something, but it's Craig again. He says, according to a Times report, probably New York Times, in 2018, Trump received at least $413 million from his father's business empire, drawing upon more than 100,000 pages of tax returns and financial records from Fred Trump's businesses and interviews with former advisors and employees. Uh, the Times found 295 distinct streams of revenue that Fred Trump created over five decades in order to channel his wealth to his son. And it, it, it goes on a little more. I know we're almost out of time. Uh, but it said that he has had uh, trust funds since he was three years old. Well, I mean, his father was successful. That's not that unusual. Um, one more here this morning off subject, but I thought I would get to it. found it interesting. Tom writes in, as to your damn near impossible question this morning, I once rode a hippo in a race at a circus. That sounds like fun. Long time ago. The stuff they secrete stinks like crazy <laughs> and ruin a good pair of my pants. <laughs> so Hippos smell bad? Who knew? <laughs> Uh, every we say if you listen to the show you're going to learn something every morning and i think the uh, lesson we learned this morning is never ever ride a hippo in a hippo race in a circus i like that all right um that's about all the time we have for today uh thanks for participating keep listening throughout the day any updates on the uh deaths in uh, homicides in uh university of idaho we'll keep you updated with that throughout the day plus what's going on in fruitland with the michael vaughn case any breaking news happens with that you will of course hear it here first on news talk kboi have yourself a great day